along to Scoreline Extra. It has been an absolutely packed schedule of sports this weekend on KCLR on the radio. Two to six every Saturday and Sunday and we had some live games to provide and it was hurling this time. Finally, hurling returned. You can listen back to the Kilkenny and Carlow matches both taking place on Saturday and Sunday. Kilkenny defeated Dublin while Carlow were victorious over Wicklow. Both of those matches you can listen back to on Scoreline Extra. Today on the show we still managed to fit in some interviews. You'll hear some post-match audio from the Carlow manager Tom Mullally. Also, also Owen Larkin joined Brendan Hennessy after the Carlow Wicklow game. We'll hear from Declan Drake, GA and soccer broadcaster on the passing of his close friend Irish legend Alan McLaughlin. Tom Canan from Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium joins us about Friday night's races in Kilkenny. Also joining us is Gavin Whitney who is the development officer for Carlow Rugby Club and Leinster. And finally, the Conaghy Shamrocks. Yes, the All-Ireland winning Conaghy Shamrocks. Treasure joins me, Christy Kennedy, about an upcoming draw that they have going on. So stick around here on Scoreline. First up, this is the post-match from the Carlow Wicklow game. Tom Mullally, uh, first of all, welcome back to Carlow. I know you're here a while, but I haven't seen you. No more than anybody else, but a uh, great start. Uh, 319 is a great return in any given day, and you'd have to be happy with the lads' first performance. Oh yeah, look, we had nothing. You mean at the end of the day, three weeks, three weeks of preparation. You mean together and stuff like that. Like there's questions there that you're unsure in relation to attitude, I suppose, touch, striking, how organised we are, and different things that way. And like you know, you'd only see games yesterday evening, and probably throughout the country, there's probably different levels of performance. But we're quite happy. You mean our, our job today was to get two points, and and I think we respected Wicklow with our performance today, and we're happy enough with that. And the thing it did for you today as well, Tom, at the latter end of the game, you could introduce players that you wanted to get a look at as well, and you got a chance to empty the bench also. Yeah, well, look, at, I suppose with the first 70 minutes, I don't think everyone was going to be 100% fit, so it was important that we, where possible, kind of got lads in at the same time. We were we were practical and fair to everybody. I mean, so I think I think that worked out okay today. You've been unfortunate in the warm up. Kieran picked up an injury in the warm up, so a little bit concerning. But uh, you had a few injuries coming into play as well, so that was a great pity because he was listed in your midfield and to lose a player on the warm up is rare, but it happens, and it happened to Carlo today. Oh yeah, Kieran obviously was a big loss. I mean, and stuff like that. There's no doubt about that. We were looking forward. He was looking forward to seeing his performance today, and, and he'd been going well in training for us. So. But but these things happen, and that's why you've got panels. That's why you've got people that are training. You mean and things like that. And yeah, we have we've had a couple of injuries, but nothing. You mean nothing that's that can't be sorted. I think, I think over time either. You mean and stuff like that. Um, and obviously with the first three weeks back um, for whatever since we started, they've been training on their own. So as you start making contact and pushing the different muscle groups and stuff like that. Uh, but no, look, we'll, we'll get there. Down next week, long trip, Ballycran. There's been lots said about that, but you have now to go to Ballycran. You've got to play a match and get a win. Kerry defeated them today, but uh, never easy for Carlo going to down. No, never, and it's never easy for any team to go to down. You mean and stuff like that? And it's, it's, it's um, I've been up there before, and it, was, it, it definitely wasn't it wasn't it wasn't an easy experience for for um, for the team I was involved with and stuff like that. But it's uh, no, our, our focus I mean, our focus right now is, is is kind of recovery, get ready for down. And we do know down have its targeted. You mean it's our first home game. We're travelling. You mean much the same as they were travelling today, and, and and things that way. And it'll be the second game in. None of these performances are going to be perfect. You mean I, I think we have to be very realistic about. It. I mean it's grand to have high aspirations, but I think we have to deal with with, with what's happening. On, on, on any given day and if, if our players are honest they improve and they represent Carlo well then I think in the long run we'll be, we'll be, we'll be all the better for it like, you know. okay, and Tom finally what's your view on the new rules and others a few um, I know the subs there's seven but you can only make them on five occasions which is a double which is not bad but there's a new slitter yellow slitter you look surprised did you not know that <laughs> but, but there's a few new rules and there's a few stops and starts today and last night looking at the games on TV Dublin and Kilkenny yesterday and ending high today which is marginally high not bad challenges to seem to blow it as well 
Yeah, look, I mean, they've introduced these rules. I, I'm not sure who's who's introduced them, who's doing what with them. I, I think, you I mean, obviously the advantage rule, I'm not sure where the, where the advantage is in, in that if, if there's if there's things going on. And also, I mean, they're probably going to have to look at how, how you communicate with players on the field of play as well. I mean, because at the end of the day, we're a... We're not Tipperary. We're not Tipperary or Limerick, where where we have kind of All Ireland and and, and Munster champions. We've got to, we've got players that are developing, and I think sometimes they need that bit of help on the field to play as well. And it's it's grand to kind of throw these things out at the top table and stuff like that. But there has to be a, there has to be a working solution to it as well. And um, I'm not sure what that's going to be or who's going to come up with it. But um, you know, it'll, it'll only create frustration if we can't communicate. You know. Okay. Well, listen. Well done today. I know you've a few players to get back as well, but the lads provided good performance for Carlo today, and we look forward to Ballycran next Sunday. Exactly. Yeah. Hopefully. Thanks, Tom. Good to see you back. Oh, and Larkin, great to see you in Carroll. But you're obviously a little bit disappointed. But the lads were competitive enough. Second half in particular. Yeah, yeah. Look, we're only back three or four weeks now, Brendan. So um, look, they were they were very competitive in the first half, and you know probably should have had a few more scores on the board. And obviously, Carroll got toughest for maybe a 15 minute period and three goals proved to be crucial really in the end you know yeah, and looking at it coming in on as you know Carlo played against Kilkenny two years ago league championship Carlo come down Wicklow go up Carlo were always going to be favourites here at home today as well I don't worry I think they were you know on the 20 on in the bookies or whatever but look we felt we had a good chance coming down and um, I suppose it was a chance for us to get a look really at a good few lads on match day you know we've been seeing them in training and you're always wondering is the intensity up is it not but like Carlo as you said have come down and Wicklow have come up so there's a huge golfing class really but but look, we're we're delighted to to get the first game out, and we, I suppose we know where we are now, and we can move on and try and try and improve. I suppose. As a man that has a great CV like yourself at Kilkenny over the years, what have you made of all these new rules for the league? Another trial basis, but uh, they're causing a bit of controversy, and the game stopped start, including today, and referee blew for anything that was marginally high today. Yeah, look, uh, I'm not a fan of the of the new rules, I suppose, and you know the GA come out with new rules nearly every year, and I don't think it's necessary because the game of hurling was nothing wrong with the game of hurling, and uh, I suppose the, the pundits on on the television have a lot to do with it as well, you know, highlighting these these sort of stuff as well. So look. Uh, you just have to go with it I suppose if this is the game we love and I suppose we wouldn't change it for the world so um, if the powers that be think it needs to change they're going to change it and we just have to go with it and motor ahead You're enjoying life in Wicklow? Yeah look it's a, it's a good challenge um, I'm enjoying it at the, at the moment and look I'll be going back to Ballinkill Wednesday night as well so um, I'll be a busy man but look uh, as I said it's the game I love I, I, I want to be involved in it and you know, I'm involved with two teams at the moment now, so I couldn't. Ballin Killen lads played well for Carlo. They did. I was keeping a close eye on him as well. So I, I think Kieran got injured before the match. He did. He picked well, up so an ankle injury. Yeah. Ankle, yeah. yeah. So I was kind of a bit worried before the match when I seen him going off, but uh, I hope he's okay. Um, yeah. So look, going back there, I'm looking forward to getting back there Wednesday night as well, and, and seeing the lads I haven't seen him since uh, since the lockdown. So um, we get back there as well um, Wednesday after maybe Tuesday and Wicklow. So. Um, busy times ahead and what did you make of Kilkenny in Dublin last night? yeah look it was a bit lacklustre for the first 10 or 15 minutes but um, the teams uh, brushed off a bit of rustiness and, and got into it in the second half and it was a good win in, in fairness for Kilkenny um, Dublin probably the sending off was probably the difference Kilkenny kind of kicked on after that so look it'll be a good first out and hopefully a long summer ahead ok well, thanks for that I talked to Eamon now Eamon uh Hard luck today. I know you came here as one said it's going to be difficult. Carlo came down, you came up, but uh, competitively you did quite well. But you were lacking a few scores in that first half, and in the second half you knocked over a few nice scores and competed very well. Yeah, well, look at it. I mean, w- one of the things and and Owen uh, has been alluding to it, and but like it's not a secret that when you're hurling again the likes of Carlo or any teams like an Antrim or like a Dublin or a Kilkenny, if you want to go a step further, you have to work. 
and you can't switch off and we switched off on three occasions we didn't follow our runners and three goals came off it yeah. now I mean the experts in the stand will be saying we banged over a couple of points when Carlo had made a lot of changes to their team but to be fair we were just looking at the scores that we were able to get we did take a couple of good scores but in terms of switching off and not doing what we did well I'd say for maybe three quarters of the match but for that 15 minute spell when we completely stopped doing it we were really penalised by good orders, and that's what happens, you know. Okay. What you're looking forward to the league? I know it's the first day out, and there's a bit of ring rustiness with both teams here in the same yeah. last night with Division One. But uh, you can look forward to it now. It's only the first game, so you can improve on a few things. Uh, absolutely, and and you know the thing that we'd have been looking at is and and Carlo would be the very same. Like the championship is going to come up within 13 days of finishing the league. Yeah. And the fact that we haven't been able to have any practice matches or anything like that is going to stand you in good stead. Now, that's only going to benefit Wicklow from being up here and hurling against good teams like Carlow and hurling against the likes of the Meads and the Kerrys of these worlds and being able to compete with them. Now, the, the trick for Wicklow is to be able to stay in this division. And, um, you know, today it was a bad day at the office for them, but I would put that down to a 15-minute spell when they completely switched off and got punished to the ultimate. And that's what happens when you're at this level. But I, I wouldn't have any complaints with the attitude of the guys and the level of training or the 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 resources that the county board is putting in. Like, you know, there's a huge amount of goodwill up in Wicklow to see the team doing well but we need to transfer that onto the pitch and get performances okay, well, Emma, we wish you well and well done on all your good work and continued success and we wish you well in the rest of the league no problem cheers thanks, Emma. thanks a million good to see you thanks that was Brendan Hennessy catching up with the Wicklow and Carlow managers after the game and Kilkenny's own own Larkin next up is Declan Drake he's a GAA and soccer broadcaster talking about the passing of his close friend and Irish legend Alan McLaughlin First, Michael, just before you go, we just changed tactics for a minute because I was saying to you earlier on, Declan was a great friend of the late great Alan McLaughlin, and he, I know his family are tuned in down in uh, Greg Cullen and in Carlow at the moment, Declan, but uh, a great friend of yours over the last number of years, and sadly we lost him, a brilliant Irish international. Michael himself here, of course, played Republic of Ireland Junior International, his family, a great soccer family also, but uh, a big loss and a great friend. Uh, so I just thought I was here today, you had some lovely tributes up to him during the week, and you were in touch with him a lot of the time, so lovely touch from yourself, but uh, sad that we lost Alan at such a young age of 54. Oh, absolutely. He was a gentlemen uh, Brendan you know um, I know Alan 25 years or more at this stage when Swindon Town yeah he, he, he left my, or he was asked to leave Manchester United he was released by Manchester United and ended up in Swindon and was a great adventure for him because he scored a playoff goal at Wembley to get them into the old first division for the first time in their history and within a couple of days he was sold to Southampton for a million pounds that was the, ca- the calibre of player that Alan was went on to play 42 times for Ireland went to Portsmouth as well, came back to Swindon as academy manager. Anytime I was over, uh, you know, he'd always make sure that he'd he'd be there to meet you, you know, and uh, have a chat. He was very interested in what was happening in Irish football, particularly around the John Delaney story when it was uh, (laughs) brewing there a year or so ago. And, um, yeah, very, very sad. I'd known he was sick for some time, and... um, it's desperate, desperately sad for, for his wife and his two beautiful girls as well. So sympathies to all the, the McLaughlin family. Uh, Maka, legendary number four, will never be forgotten. Yeah, and also you just mentioned the goal to get them to the playoffs. That's a goal that was forgotten about because the goal yeah. in Windsor Park yeah. was the goal yeah. as far as Irish people well, were concerned. As far as I'm concerned, that one in 1990 was more important. <laughs> but uh, it, was a, it was a deflected effort. Uh, he, he'll tell you it was on target anyway. But uh, yeah, and I mean, such was the financial malaise at the club at that time that uh, he was their only real sellable asset. 
for a million pounds they got from to, to go to Southampton. I don't think he wanted to go, but that was the, the reality of it at that particular time. But yeah. any, any Irish person that went anywhere near Swindon, he was more than accommodating, more than helpful, always willing to, to, to give a bit of advice and uh, have always willing to stop and have a chat as well. Yeah, because the lads from at home, St. Patrick's Boys FC, who Michael knows well, my own club at home, the lads were in Manchester a few years back and he gave them the VIP treatment. He actually got them to 27 tickets for the match. He met them, he got the photographs, he went with them and his first cousin Brendan is listening to you at the moment as well who was very, very, very close to Alan also. Yeah, absolutely. And um, he had a very, very, he had a very tough over the last couple of years, not only with the illness, but also with the, the pandemic, of course, uh, as well. The, he lost his father in March as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and uh, we must also, of course, think of the, the Keeley family this week as well. Yeah. Um, Alan Keeley, 38 years of age, uh, son of the former Shamrock Rovers Dundalk and... Uh, uh, manager, Shelburne manager indeed, uh, Dermot died uh, tragically during the week he was buried yesterday, um, so sympathies to the Keeley family as well um, Brendan, look, a parent should not bury a child, no. it's as simple as that, but it's it's a harsh world that we live in at the moment, so sympathies to all the McLaughlin family and also to the to the Keeleys as well Okay, Declan Michael, he was a great grafter, he was a great midfielder he got that memorable goal, but uh, anytime he pulled on that green jersey he was outstanding Yeah, he was indeed Brendan, yeah, and look it's, it's just very sad times for you know, such a young person to be taken, and uh, you know, he, he he was very ill for the last number of years. He, I suppose, he carried the illness the way he carried his life very bravely, and uh, you know, as I said, it's, it's just a very sad day for them all. It certainly is. Well, Declan, thanks very much for that tribute. Thanks for your input today on the commentary as well, and we look forward to seeing you during the Alliance League. And I suppose the Dubs. What are you going for now? Seven in a row in football, is it? That's the target, Brendan. All right, yeah. <laughs> That's the target. The the, the 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 long road to that starts in Dr Hyde Park in Roscommon next summer. Declan Drake and Mickey Walsh, and they both provided commentary with Brendan Hennessy for the Kilkenny versus Dublin game live from Parnell Park, both speaking about the passing of the great Alan McLaughlin. Next up is Tom Kinnan giving us the rundown of what happened in the Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium last Friday night. A lot of money to be won. We had 11 races in total. The first eight races were taken up with the Kilkenny Track Champion open and raced, and the last three races... Uh, an A3, an A2 and an A1 contest so a very good quality card and uh, yeah so the champion on race it's at our highlight stake of the year over €20,000 will be given out in prize money 10000 to the winner and as I said eight first round heats last night plenty of brilliant performances and no doubt uh, with the quarter final next week semi-finals week after and the final week after that there'll be uh, um, plenty still to offer there and some fantastic race in store you were saying last week that it's a competition that aims to uncover some real superstars going forward in the game. Did any of them come to fruition last night? Yeah, look, there's already superstars there. We had two dogs that uh, recorded the giant fastest times last night in 29.04. No, any dog that's doing that. Now, remember, these are all dogs that are running their first race. They're novices. So every dog is competing in his first race. They'll be inexperienced. Uh, they won't be as sharp as, obviously, seasoned race dogs and all they can do is improve because they're all still young. Um, there was definitely a few. There's, you could pick out three, four, five, six dogs there last night very impressively. But the beauty of these competitions is that there's dogs that ran last night, and as I said, because they're inexperienced, because they're competing in the first race, because some of them are coming from other tracks where they wouldn't have much experience of uh, Kenny, they are going to come on leaps and bounds from that experience last night, and they'll be totally different dogs next year and, and next week. The next week we, we, we could be talking about six or seven other different dogs. So yeah, it's, it's exciting. It's over the next couple of weeks. The beauty of this is that it's over four weeks. And you know, if you're to pick the winner, 
you know, if you're to ask 10 lads trying to pick last night to pick the winner, the eventual winner, they could all pick the wrong dog. And as I said, something could pop out next week and be the new favourite for the competition, if you like, you know. And uh, speaking of winners as well, uh, there was 11 races in total. Is there any in particular that stood out? Yeah, well, look, the, fir- the very first race, um, 29.04 was the joint fastest. Two dogs recorded that. In, we'll, we'll just deal with the unraced first. Um, 29.04 was the fastest time in the, of, the, of the eight heats of the unraced. That was recorded in the first heat by Grangeview Mac, owned by Michael Hogan in Nina. And the other dog that did that was Serene Ace, which is owned by Edmund Ryan and Tipperary, trained by Marco Donovan, an in-farm trainer. Both them Greyhounds recorded 29.04, which would be a very, very good run. First time round, Kilkenny. Uh, from the first seat, as I said, Grandview Mac won that. Qualifiers included uh, Kulanga Cody and Lemon Jade, owned by Colin Rafter in Freshford. The second heat then, race two, was won by Zero Gravity, owned by Olivia Roach and Donald Wilson. Donald Wilson Jr. here in Kilkenny. That was won in 29-21. Not as quick as the first heat, but certainly nothing wrong with that for, for a first uh, effort, 29-21. Qualifiers in that included Glory Catty, and Troopies, yes, for Michael Murphy in Warford, trained by John Linnan. Now, again, three qualifying from all these heats to make uh, four quarterfinals next week. The third heat then was won by Off the Pitch, owned by Patrick Flanagan and Stuart Kenny in Dublin, trained by Mary Gilbert in Dublin. This dog showed brilliant early pace, winning in 29-23. Qualifiers there included Getaway from Me and Burgess Pippa. The fourth heat, first round heat, was won by Broadstrand, Sam, trained by Johnny Lennon in Cork, and in 2987, now this was a bit of a messy race, so you probably have to draw a line through this race, all these dogs will definitely improve next week, no <laughs> dog really in the race, but got a clear run, so that's the beauty of these races, though, to get to gain great experience from it, and qualifiers included Crinkle Roger and Blastoff Bucks. The 15th then was won by Serene Ace, now this is a dog I mentioned earlier on, Giant Fastest with Grange Mac, 29.04. One from Trap One, fast away, led all, really impressive winner for informed trainer Marco Dunvan, who recently won the Conan and Kirby Memorial in Limerick and also won the Masters in Waterford. So Marco Dunvan, only, I think, 20 years of age at the minute, and he's uh, an exciting up-and-coming young trainer. Qualifiers from that, he's included Frontline Star and Fawn Cruiser. The sixth heat then uh, was won by Stories Peewee, now, this is a local winner, trained by Murti Lahi and Connie, owned by Gavin O'Mahony. This dog ran well now. He came from off the pace now, 29.20, which I think was the second fastest uh, time. And uh, this is a dog that could, could really go really well in this competition. As I said, didn't come away that quick, but showed plenty of foot now down the back straight and got up to, to lead late, winning in 29.20. Trained by Murti Lahi and Connie. Uh, Murti's dog's in good form at the minute. And uh, qualifiers from that included Penny's Lago, who was second, and Carrigine Law, who actually ran well as well now, trained by Tom Boogie there in Carlo. Carrigine Law now took a little bump at the second bend and ran on impressively. Now, he's only beaten three lengths after in 29.20, so that's another one to watch out for for next week, is Carrigine Law for Tom Boogie in Carlo. The seventh and second last heat was won by Knock Billy, owned by Michael O'Mara and Limerick, trained by Richard Finn, 29.48. Qualifiers included Compo in Trap 6 and Sword of Honour in Trap 5. And the last heat then was won by Grangeview Teague, a comrade of Grange, the aforementioned Grangeview Mac, so owned again by Michael Hogan and Nina. Not as impressive as his little comrade in the first heat, but still ran well, came from up the pace to win in 29.47. Avon Gate Davies wanted to take a note of here around this race, owned by Rory Hickey and Michael Hickey and Ballyragget. This dog uh, 
spoke smartly enough now, led everywhere by the line. I know the line is the place you want to lead, but this is <laughs> unfortunately for having Gate Davy. He just got nipped, cut on the line, and you know, he's out that improved next week now. He showed plenty, plenty of ability. Chicken Eggs, trained by Mark Lahey, good name for dog, Chicken Eggs, <laughs> trained by Mark Lahey, was the third qualifier. So, plenty of local interest there. You know, you have Michael Hickey at the end, Mark Lahey, and Tom Buggy, and a few others like that, Colin Lafter there in uh, Freshford, but qualifiers uh, for next uh, Friday's quarterfinals. And I just I'll go through the last couple of races. They're worth mentioning. They're all won by locals. The ninth race was an A3. Wild Sports Bookmakers, A3, 5-5. And a personal win here for the Paul Hennessy-trained Priceless Henry getting up late to win in 29-26. The tenth race was won by, in impressive fashion now, by Dinny Lennon's Lemon William Dinny in three houses. Flashed from traps, led all in 29-16, a career best for him. And the last race won by Ashbury Joseph in 28.99, which turned out to be the fastest time of the night, uh, trained by Carl Ramsdott in Timahoe. So that was the 11 races last night, and as I said, the four quarterfinals that will take place next week. Very good. It sounds like it's all systems go at St. James's Park. Are you out again Wednesday now as well, or are you just concentrating on just Friday? No, no, we race every Wednesday as well, Shane. Yeah, of course. We have our SAS meeting every Wednesday morning. And, um, yeah, that was... That's that's, as I said, I was just telling you last week, that was kind of geared more towards the local runners. Yeah. And there's plenty of local winners last week. Um, Berman Oak from Tricastle there, whose dogs are in good form at the ministry, had a double. Tom Lahey, he had a winner. Tom Lahey, a village man, had a winner. And uh, Stuart Kavanagh and Stonyford also had a winner. So that's geared towards locals. And yes, um, all them, 11 races every Wednesday morning for the SAS meeting. And then next Friday, then the quarterfinals are the unraced and kind of gearing towards more the better class racing, if you like. Plan going through all the action in Kilkenny Greyhound track. Next up is Gavin Whitney, who is a development officer with Carlow Rugby Club and Leinster, telling us everything that's happening within the county. It's been exciting now uh, to, to get back to contact, like you know, particularly the older age groups. Like have been have been looking forward to getting back to contact. Between they had enough. Of, Playing touch and stuff like that since Christmas. So yeah, uh, plans planning a gradual return to contact uh, to keep everyone safe, obviously, and stuff like that. But yeah, busy and exciting is the way I describe it. Yeah, you're doing a lot as well because you we're looking at the Twitter page, and that's how it came to fruition. Myself and yourself kind of having a a bit of a dialogue and bringing you on today, just because. There's so much being done at, at grassroots levels. You have the Carlo Bees Inclusion Team. You're visiting primary and secondary schools around the county. There's just a lot being done. Yeah, like it, it's fantastic. Like the Bees has after being a huge success. Uh, like it's 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 one of the most enjoyable parts of the, the role. To be honest, um, you walk the, the play for an hour uh, from half six to half seven on a Thursday uh, in Carlo Rugby Club. And uh, like it's great fun, like it's to play tag games and and they enjoy it so much. And the parents are absolutely fantastic for supporting the cause. And they, they we're going to be operating uh, a summer camp for them as well. So it'll be from the 21st to the 23rd of July, and it'll run from two o'clock until four o'clock. So if there's anyone else that's out there interested, uh, you feel free to contact the, the rugby club or keep an eye on social media. Um, uh, yeah, and visiting all the schools then as well. So lots of building relationships. Uh, I think it was uh, the year before COVID, like I think it was over 1,600 uh, pupils they had participate 
it's about 30 odd schools that I visited and stuff like that so yeah it's busy but it's, it's really good really good fun really good sport We've recently been talking with uh, Kilkenny's development officer Noel Devlin and then from a soccer side of things Dean Broders who is an FAI development coach as well and there's constant concern about the 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 time off and the layoff. Have you noticed that people are are a bit more raring to go? Or as the development officer yourself, would you be apprehensive about the time off that they had and how it may have hampered their development? Uh, like we we did try to post a couple of videos that they could do a couple of different exercises while they were out. And uh, like you know, just if you can practice certain things at home and things, but I, I'm sure like there would have there would have been a little bit after development uh, uh, affected as regards, I guess, particularly those that would be representing the Southeast team. Uh, like they're the kind of players that are, are playing at the peak, and that that's Carlock, Kenny, uh, Wicklow, Wexford, and the best players there. So, like, they probably suffered the most, particularly those turning 19, because now they become too old for the development age group uh, for the 18s. So, they have probably been affected the worst. But um, I know like, there's plans being uh, developed uh, to make sure that no one is missed and that they all get the fair opportunity. So I think there's summer programs and stuff going to gonna be make up for any development uh, that they would have missed out missed out on. But um, like I think I think people will get back to speed and uh, pretty quick because I think everyone will come up now. They'll be excited. They'll be will, willing to listen uh, and and just get on with things and and catch up on themselves because I. I'm pretty sure that they're aware that they are after missing an awful lot of rugby and an awful lot of opportunities. So, on the flip side then, does that change the training methods of what a normal pre-season would be? Like, I'm I'm sure there's a, a, a generally a, a kind of set way to begin training and kind of ease people into things, but considering now the, the lengthy layoff, has that kind of changed training and development plans? Yeah, yeah, like I suppose if when you're coaching and uh, at, at any time, even pre-COVID, like you're always you always have to be able to adapt to different scenarios, different things that happen, and um, yeah, so like we have to train in our pods at fifteen at the moment, and like we are allowed back to contact, but we're not going to go uh, full tilt uh, straight away. Like not a lot of people uh, haven't been in gyms and things like that that don't have weights at home, so they've probably lost. Uh, certain amounts of physicality so it'll be a gradual build up you know it's going to be start small and uh, make sure your tackle technique is correct again uh, and you know we, we'll, we'll build it up uh, bit by bit and we'll, we'll eventually get to a, a case where we can go to full contact again but for me like you're probably looking at maybe in and around three to four weeks maybe before you be really consider going uh, full well because you know player welfare is obviously massive and particularly like when they're when they're younger as well, like you don't want anyone to be possibly maybe carrying a bad injury just because we were a bit careless as a coach, uh, going back too hard too quick. So it'll be you no know, gradual, uh, gradual uh, get back, uh, get back to contact, and that's the that's the plan for me anyway, from my perspective. And looking at plans, then what is the lay of the land? You mentioned that you have the summer camps coming up. In terms of competitive rugby, what what does it look like for yourselves? For uh, for competitive rugby, I to be honest with you, I'd say like the twenty 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 one season, I don't think there'll be any competitive rugby. But I think we can be a bit more optimistic as we kinda of get into next season now, kinda of looking at September, October, you know, with a return of contacts, we definitely be looking to 
playing more games uh, over the summer then yeah we've got our summer camps so uh, all Leinster summer camps have been sold out so they've, they've been hugely popular uh, the Carlow launched that their, their own in-house uh, summer camp uh, this weekend and there's been a very positive uh, uh, reaction from parents to get their kids in there involved and that'll be on from the 16th of August until the 20th of August and that's for kids from anywhere up to six, six sorry, from six up to 13 to 14 years old uh, like, and that, that'll be maintained as a uh, very minimal contact if there is any at all because we can have fun games playing tag rugby and touch rugby at those ages and then uh, uh, the competitive rugby yeah, I think it'll be hopefully September I think like we can be optimistic for September I think uh, looking at how things are going at the moment uh, there's also uh, the School of Excellence that Leinster will be uh, operating as well so that starts from the 26th of July and they run from the weeks all the way through to the 16th to the 20th of August. And there's also girls, so that's residential and non-residential, and the girls can also participate, and they get two weeks in August from the 9th of August is the first week, and starting uh, the 16th of August on the second week. So it's all systems so, go. So are you looking at, have you noticed that an increase in participation or in numbers trying to get back into the game? Yeah, there has been a number of groups there that have had... Uh, uh, quite a, a, an increase in numbers. Um, I was lucky enough, like obviously, with things stop and start starting during the year. But I, I got into quite a few schools there just after in around Easter, over through Easter actually, it was in before Easter and then post Easter, and I got I got quite a number of schools in. So there was quite a bit of interest developed there. So I was I had uh, contacts from schools and stuff asking the. Uh, uh, when training times are and things like that because kids are after being interested or after developing an interest like and I suppose it's a great opportunity that obviously they've been away from sport and mixing with friends for so long like and obviously outside at the moment is is obviously where you want to be because the chances of any uh, transmission is obviously greatly uh, goes down greatly uh, so I think it's roughly 19 times uh, less likely to transmit outside so I think all these kids and parents are still considering these things and you know get them outside get them playing get them having fun again uh, and yeah that's where that's uh, so far oh, it, it all sounds all systems go you briefly mentioned the, the South East Regional team as well what's the lay of the land when it comes to that so uh, at, uh, under 15's level uh, each team will put forward who they reckon are the best players on their team and then what will happen is they'll all get uh, trials or screenings uh, by the the regional coaches and the best players then will be picked to stay with the South East and it basically is a, it's a programme developed uh, so they'll be in it for if they're in from the start they'll be in for four years and that'll help them develop as players to be the best that they can be and it's kind of it's part of the pathway that if they're uh, strong enough Good, good enough players that they will then go on to the academy and uh, hopefully then on to the, the Leinster senior team. So uh, Barry Gray at the moment from Carlo Rugby uh, is on that pathway there at the moment. So he's done really well with the, with the South East team and he's gone on and he's been representing, he's represented Leinster then, uh, Leinster youth and, he's, and that's, that's the pathway that we all want these players to follow 
Hey, and it's great like when you have the likes of Ed and Brian Byrne doing so well and from a Carlo perspective obviously Sean O'Brien um, it, it's great to have them to kind of look towards uh, as someone that you can follow that path and it's realistic that when coming from Carlo that you can play for Leinster teams and you can play in the Champions Cup uh, speaking of the Champions Cup disappointing last week in regards to the game with La Rochelle yeah well, of course it was disappointing um you know, Leinster were fan- really fancy to go on and lift the trophy again. And it would have been great to be in the final against Toulouse and kind of the battle of who's going to get to the fifth star on the jersey first. So um, I suppose we'll be hoping, uh, in one sense, that uh, Ronan O'Gara will uh, deliver f- uh, as an Irish coach. Um, and I suppose, look, they'll, they'll, learn, they'll learn again and we, uh, I'm sure they'll, they'll target next year to get back and, and go again. That was Gavin Whitney. And finally, we have Christy Kennedy from Conaghy Shamrocks and talking about their upcoming draw. We have 250 tickets to sell for it, so we do. And um, look, we, we, we feel it's a really, really good price, so we do. And I suppose, look, we're asking anyone that would like to support us to, to, to come on board and buy a ticket for it. And you're mentioning that it's going toward, like, we know the clubs have been all hit uh, financially with with the pandemic and we know that there is costs of running clubs and the clubs are the heart of communities, but what will the investment be going towards? Well, it'll be going, it was looked at day to day running, but look, we're also looking at development out, out in the club as well, so we are. Um, we're looking at, please God, we're, 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 we're in for an, an AstroTurf field and we're looking at a ball wall. So that, that's further down the line, obviously, and we're planning it for that at the moment. Um, and as well, I suppose, we're looking at painting and just general, general getting, the field, getting the field up to a right standard and just do, doing as much as we can to keep the hurling field, the hurling field right so we are. Um, we have a massive amount of people coming through it, so you know, we, we, we need to have it right. So we do. Certainly, and when are is it draw? Can people enter already now, or is it? Uh... Yeah, yeah, you can go on to the club website, and there's a, there's a link there to Club Force, and um, we can also go onto our Facebook page or our Twitter fa- page, so you can. Um, there's a link to Club Force and all of them, and you can go in and you can buy your ticket there, so you can. As if we're limited to 250 people, um, so, so we are. So we're just trying to give everyone a good chance, and it is a good prize of 10,000 euro. Yeah, big prize money. I don't know, Robbie. What do you think? I uh, put put your wages into that case. Our sport producer, Robbie, might buy a ticket. Uh, but <laughs> no problem at all. Time to give us a show. Are you giving me your number, Christy? But uh, Christy, you will have to buy one too, Shane. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go splitsies. But yeah, no, it's a great, it's a great place. Ten thousand quid. Um, you know, it's not something to uh, to turn away from. But it's great to see stuff happening there. It's great to see as well from a Conaghy perspective. The likes of Roisin feeling becoming the captain of the Kenny Intermediate team. You know, there's a strong. Mogi yeah. scene in Conaghy at the moment with the underage sides doing well also yeah yeah. Well, both the Hurling and Camogie I mean we've had we've had a fantastic year all round last year I mean we've gone up senior in Camogie the club is only 10 years old and we've gone senior won an under 16A county final won a minor B county final um, and, and, and under 14 under 12 team that went very very well as well and I suppose then on the Hurling side we won the, the junior county final and had won the All-Ireland previously to go up intermediate and underage, like there's some really, really good stuff happening too. So, look, I was up in the field this morning. The numbers up there is phenomenal. And I suppose that feeds into the likes of Roisin, the likes of James Bergen, 
you know, that are coming through. And I suppose it's great for the young people in Connie to have their own local heroes rather than looking at other parishes and people playing. So, you know, it's really, really bringing everything on. So it is. I was just about to say, yeah, Jens Bergen getting to make his debut with Kilkenny yesterday. Like, I'm doing very well. How great was it to see a Connie player in that Kilkenny jersey? Ah, sure, look, it's great, it's great, I, I, I'm a temporary man, I have to clarify, but uh, it's great. <laughs> Alright, thanks very much, Christy, I'll talk to <laughs> <laughs> No, it's just great to see, it's great, look, it's great, and it's, it's great for, for, for all the young the young, young people, look, that you can just look up to their own, and uh, it's fair to James, he's a fantastic club man, and he's a fantastic hurler, like, and, uh, you know, everyone is really, really rooting for him to, to make it and to do well, so he is, and look, I, I, I'd obviously love to see him doing well as well, unless they're playing Tipperary, obviously. But uh, look, you'd love to see him doing well, and we, you know, we all wish him the very best. Look at it, so we do. And you mentioned the kids there as well. How, how has the reopening being, of the club been going? We know that good, kids good, have been back good, playing yeah. for a few weeks, but you know, adults are yeah. coming back. What training next week? Adults are back Tuesday night again, and Camogie are back Tuesday and Wednesday night. And look, it's been fantastic with the kids. Look, everyone understands the way it's been for the last 12 months and we just all have to mind each other so there's no issues like everyone understands coming into the hurling field you have to have the hands right you have to have your returns done and we can go back contact training on Monday night which is great because it has been hard to keep the younger ones entertained for for an hour training but um, you know it's great to get back but look for most of them, just to be out in the field is, is wonderful, so it is. And just to, to, to be back playing and meeting their friends and running around. And, and you know, that's, that's what it's all about. And we're looking forward to matches coming back again. And look, please God, we'll have a successful year this year as we had last year. It'd be great, so it would. It'd be fantastic. And just from a Kenny perspective as well, not a temporary perspective, having the three All-Ireland Club winning teams as well was quite nice. I can attest to that. But hopefully we'll see Conaghy back at, at, at the apex of, of the sport. Have you, have you noticed an increase in numbers coming back now? Or, or, or have you yeah, seen a reduction? Yeah, there's, 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 no, no, there's, there's massive interest. I mean, as I said, look, there's, 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 there's very little children in the parish not playing Hurling or, or Camogie at the moment, which is brilliant. But look, it's it testament to all the hard work that goes on around, not just in Conaghy, but in every club that people really, really try, try to look after and get kids playing and get them involved. Whether they're good, bad or indifferent, it doesn't matter. It's just to get them out playing and get them enjoying it. And, uh, you know, that's what it's all about. I think that's what that's what everyone wants to see. But as I said, for us, it's great to have the likes of James and Roshi that they can look up to and it really, it really brings the buzz about the place, so it does. And someone will be buzzing now if they win that €10,000. Christy, well, just... Yeah, I, I, yeah. It's been... Yeah, it's been great talking to you. If you can just give us the details of once again of uh, how we can enter. Yeah, you can go on to the Conaghy Shamrock website, so you can, or on our Facebook or our Twitter page, and so there's a link in that to Club Force. Or I suppose look for anyone living locally, committee members, any of us are around, and we we have tickets, and it said it is limited to 250 tickets, and it's great to say they are they are moving quite quick, which is good. So I suppose look if you want to be in, you need to get moving quick, so you do. That was the treasure of Conaghy Shamrock's Christy Kennedy and that was Scoreline Extra giving you some of the interviews from a very, very busy weekend in KCLR Scoreline Sport World from 2 to 6 every Saturday and Sunday. You can catch us live and you can listen back to our previous interviews. Some great ones to boot. Of course, you'd have to get very creative when there was no sports going on but thankfully we have a packed schedule here on Scoreline. So listen live when you can. Check out scoreline.ie and download the KCLR app. I've been Shane O'Keefe. Stay safe. Stay safe.